0: Welcome back to the Doctor Who Flashcast as we wrap up this season of Doctor Who. It seems like we just started, but when the episodes, it's just six episodes and the season's over, uh, it does happen quick. I'm Jason Snell, and I am joined to talk about episode six, The Vanquishers, uh, by these two wonderful guests. Annette Weirstra returns, Hello, Annette. Welcome back. Hello,
1: thank you for having me back, you human scum.
0: Ah, yes. <laughs> and Erica Ensign also returns from so many podcasts about Doctor Who, most notably Verity. No, most notably Lazy Doctor Who. Yeah, I, there you go. I, I can never decide which <laughs> you promote the most popular or the or the best. Uh, uh, what? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Hi. <laughs>
2: Hello. I I actually feel really underprepared for this because I have had a busy day and only had a chance to watch the episode once. Uh,
0: I I also feel unprepared for this episode, having seen it once, because that's sort of the Doctor Who flashcast way, kind yep. of as you watch it and then you re- react. And there's so much in this episode. Um, and I I'm not entirely like it, it was overload on my brain, and. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure that if I watch it again, it's going to solve much. <laughs> I could be wrong because there's a lot here, and there's a lot of of interesting stuff in this episode that that um, I think what I would say is I feel like there are some strong moments in this episode. But when I think about all of the questions posed by this season, I am extremely frustrated by how many of them were not answered discarded or solved with a hand wave. So I'm feeling a little frustrated and also a little overwhelmed by the content, even though there definitely was a lot of stuff uh, in, in terms of like individual scenes and individual character moments that I liked. Uh, how are you both feeling?
2: Uh, different from you. That's for sure. Uh, I like, I don't feel like this completely knocked it out of the park, but I absolutely loved it. And I'm, I'm de- this is definitely my flashcast version uh, of just like, I watched the episode and I just was so excited. Basically, every single moment just being carried through. It reminded me a lot of the first episode, which uh on Verity, I think I postulated that the first episode was going to be my favorite just after seeing it, just because there was so much. It was drinking from the fire hose. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit of this and then a little bit of that. And then you went from here to there to here to there. And this did that as well. So I, in, in that way, it's kind of a nice bookend to the first episode because you get that same sort of frenetic, frantic jumping around thing. Um, but I just I just had so much fun watching it that I haven't really thought t- a lot about like. There are a lot of people who think that if the last episode doesn't pull everything together, then that ruins the entire experience. Like, somebody serves a bad dessert, that's what people are going to remember about the meal. I'm not like that. If somebody serves a bad dessert... I'm just going to remember the turkey that I enjoyed or the mashed potatoes that I loved or mm-hmm. whatever else happened. So for me, even though I think now that you say that, like, yeah, there are definitely some things that maybe I would have some questions about. Or I was a little surprised how fast that thread got tied up. Right, But I kind of don't care mm. <laughs> because for me, that's not what I'm watching for. I'm not watching for the the greater plot arcs and making sure that all of the the, you know, things are tied up in a nice little bow. I want to be... Entertained. I want to enjoy the, the characters, and I feel like for me, all of that stuff mm. landed really well. I liked all of the character interaction, and I had fun moving from moment to moment. And I thought, given the amount of time that we had, which maybe wasn't quite enough for the amount of stuff that was mm-hmm. stuffed in here, uh, it it worked for me. I loved it.
0: Right, you, Yunit.
1: Well, the last time I was on, I was like, I have to see the ending to tell you if I even like it. <laughs> <laughs> And I still feel like uh, I'm in between the two of you because I love a lot of the characters like Carvanista. He's great. Uh, Belle and Vinder, I love them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even the um, what I want to call him Jacoby, but that's not.
0: Professor Jericho.
1: Jericho. Yes, I liked him and the woman that got sucked back in time. So like I liked the characters a lot. I feel like it was just the whole thing was was dumping so much information on me. It was like I was in a Doctor Who test. I felt like (laughs) I was failing because I have to like keep so many things in my head and it's just like uh, I, don't, I don't know did I catch it did I catch it did I catch that piece too and I did I you know and so yeah I just felt it stressed me out honestly so I was like I really like these characters and I think it's good and I actually I rewatched the entire season this weekend and I watched wow. the last episode twice so I should be super prepared but I'm still vaguely kind mm-hmm. of like I think I get it but I still feel like I'm failing the test
0: oh I, I think one of the things about Doctor Who, um, modern Doctor Who, but certain versions of it, and I, I guess this is where Chris Chibnall is living now, is sometimes you get these really big ideas and they are they are explored. And other times you get a really big idea and it's really just sort of tossed in for seasoning. And it you you or at least I'll say I sometimes Mm -hmm. grab hold of those things and think wow that's really interesting, and it turns out that the writer doesn't just thinks it's seasoning, and they're not going to really grapple with that issue. And that was part of my frustration with this is that I think that there was so much richness in this season and so many things that I read as being kind of big ideas. And felt like we're complex and we're going to need to be dealt with. And in this episode, I feel like Chris Chibnall kind of waved a a bunch of them away. Not all of them, but a bunch of them away because he didn't really want to deal with them. It was like uh, just... Uh, I don't know something to um get my to distract me a little bit, so I missed part of the magic trick, but not actually part of the story and and like the the thing that this season has has most fascinated me is this idea of the temple of Atropos and how time uh, and space are in opposition, and that the the uh, the ravagers are the enemies of space or they and they worship time in its pure form. and I think it's really fascinating. And, in this episode, basically, what happens is they go to the temple of Atropos and time appears and says i'm uh boo i and kills them and um says to the doctor, "Not so fast for you and and that's it and I think well, wait wait, but what about what about time and space and and the mori and the temple of Atropos and how what this means and I guess the positive way to look at it was isn't it interesting that all of that is out there for us to speculate about?" I am and frustrated to probably because probably
2: see in the like. And, I mean, I read that yes, as it's coming in one of the specials. You'll have
0: to deal with it mm-hmm. next year, right? That's fair. Mm-hmm. I just it it was frustrating to me because I felt like the show was sort of going like wink. It's not about that, and then moving on. I was like, but you let all those things down and said, look at all of these weird, wild things, um, and it doesn't it doesn't deal with those. And I could say, you know, there, Kate Stewart. I was disappointed that she seems to have very little to do in this episode, and I like that character, but she seems—I uh, wouldn't say unnecessary, but uh, okay, I would say it. She seems like they wanted <laughs> to have Kate Stewart in it, and that's fine, but but why? Uh, she doesn't do a lot. The 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 serpent, the the grand serpent. Um, he he he's never really explained too much. And Vinder's confrontation with him, which I thought was going to be a real moment since he, he, basically he ruined Vinder's life. And I felt that that kind of was also just kind of a letdown. And I, I don't know, there was just a bunch of things like that that I'm like, oh... Mm-hmm. Um, which is not to say like there are three doctors in this; they're all Jodie Whittaker. I've been pitching for a long time now that I want to see an episode where the Doctor has to interact with more doctors, but they're their same regeneration instead of others. That's sort of what happens here. That yeah, that stuff was all fun. I just that was it, funny. It's the it's the, like I said, I, I enjoyed a lot of the detail while being frustrated every time I tried to think about something from the plot. That I was like, but what about, but what, but what about all of those? Kind of drove me crazy, even though a lot of the details were fun.
2: I think I think for me a lot of that stuff just landed better than it did for a number of people. It sounds like you included. Like I I know people were like, Well what but, but, but Bell and Vinder, what about them? They just ended yeah. up being regular people. And I was kind of like, yeah, Doctor Who has lots of regular Don't, people and they're acting awesome and they did yeah. a good job of they me wrong. themselves.
0: Don't get me wrong. I'm so relieved that Bell and Vinder were not revealed <laughs> yet anyway to be <laughs> the secret parents of incredibly important person that we have not, yep. that we actually do mm-hmm. know whoever it might be. That they, Again, there is next year. There, there yep. is still that moment. Well, that's moment. true. Oh, but the, God. I don't, but, but the way I don't, this episode ends, my frustration there is, one, they finally reunite Bell and Vinder, and that's a very nice moment. They immediately then split them up to go on separate missions, and I'm thinking, what are you doing? Don't do that. Don't. What are you doing? <laughs> and then at the end, it's sort of like, yay. And that, and that's it. Like, Wait, I, did I don't they
2: know. go on separate missions? Did I miss that?
0: Yeah. I, I thought I once they were together, they were... Together, they missions. were the, the little mini missions, they get separated again, because Vinder goes over here and Bell goes over there. And I thought, don't put those, don't take those people apart. But I don't know. That was a good example where it was like, it was nice that they got reunited, but I I felt like that was a really big part of the story this season. And it kind of just trails off at the end. (laughs) Like, I mean, I guess, yes, you're right. It doesn't have to be revelatory. I'm kind of glad it wasn't. But at the same time, it, it just sort of, I don't know. I was really, you know what it is? Honestly, I was really shaken by the moment where the doctor opens up the passenger. And negates the flux, and and a- after that happens, they start wrapping it up. Right, they start like saying goodbye to people and sending them off. And I'm think, and, and I was really kind of stunned because I'm like, that that is at my core. My complaint about this episode is, after all this, all these episodes, and all this time, the solution is so easy. <laughs> <laughs> and it really disappoints me that uh, the solution was so No, they had so to easy. throw
1: three enemy armies into that flux as well. Although mm-hmm. I was like, technically, isn't a planet got more matter? Than... Yeah,
0: than a than a couple. Uh, but like, you just got to like not Depends think about, about those
1: those it. Depends on how big those armies are. I but mean, like talking... several, it was like eating planets throughout the universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of planets.
2: Which, you know, slowed it down so, to the point where it's this. Just needed one I more, mean, more, I guess I have always been a big fan. I've always been a big fan of the answer is actually something very simple and elegant. And the only reason it's not done immediately is because the doctor doesn't know about it or doesn't like... And, and that, was the, that was the case with this. If, if it weren't for, you know, Di being inside there and, like, doing all of her investigation and stuff, like, the doctor would have had no idea that that's what a passenger form is. That's how it works. Maybe if she'd opened the watch and had her memories, she would have known it much earlier on mm-hmm. and she could have just taken care of it. But, like, I I like that touch. I, I liked the end with Vinder and the Great Serpent. I thought that was a wonderfully poetic uh, way to finish it off. You know, he... His life was was cut was kinda of ruined because he was sent into exile and then he does he turns around and instead of killing him does the same thing. I thought that was just a nice thing for this character that I've grown to like to not be a real you know, not to stoop to the same level as somebody who's as awful as that mm. guy. I do agree that Kate, like, I was, I, people were clamoring for Osgood to also appear in this episode. And I found myself mm-hmm. thinking, oh God, no, we don't even have enough time for Kate to yeah. do as much stuff in the previous episode. If they bring back Osgood, she's going to have like one line and people are going to be really upset. And that's totally how it worked out because I was like, uh, I think I'm going to be very sad that we don't get more Kate Stewart. I'm always sad that we don't get more Kate Stewart Mm because I love her. Um, But I do think uh, working the whole history of Earth and unit into this storyline was a cool thing. And if you're going to do that, you kind of have to have her. And it sucks that they had to underuse her for that. But I think not having her in there at all would have been even worse for me anyway.
1: I also like the part about the tunnels with the doors to different time and space. And I was like, that was such a great... And then that ended up being... I was like, but that's how they're going to get back. And it was. And they didn't need the doctor to rescue them. They sort of rescued themselves. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I I was... um, That was one of those things that's, you know, in episode one, you're like, well, that was weird. What's that about? and and you sit there and you get you, you keep running into him and wondering what it is and that was a good example i think of 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 having this kind of weird approach to the storytelling where you know you don't really understand what's going on in the end it's not like some secret plot or anything he's like i found these things because this thing was happening underneath the city and so i kept digging tunnels and finding doorways and mapping it and 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 so he's just sort of like intelligently um, used the, you know, mapped the space-time coordinates of these portals and and built this thing like as a as a reason why the, that actual historical figure did all that digging of all those tunnels uh back <laughs> way back when. Um yeah, I thought that was a, a lot of fun and a nice resolution and that they are able to use that to travel around and that they kill the Centaurans by opening the death door. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. all really clever stuff.
1: I think I would have just liked I could see having like another two episodes to like yep. take a little more time to tell this story because I think there was lots of good elements in it and it would have like reduced that pacing that I felt like I was just getting so much in it there felt like there was a lot of explaining this episode to they were telling me stuff and I'm, I'm yeah. paying attention really carefully like I almost need to take notes to keep everything straight. But I think if they'd had a little more time to tell this story they could have maybe flesh it out and explain things at a pace yeah. that I could have absorbed it more like in a relaxed state instead of like feeling super tense.
2: I agree. Yep. More, more would have been better. Stupid yeah. pandemic. Yeah. I, I,
0: <laughs> um, it, it definitely feels rushed and I think it could, could, could there have been other episodes? I I suspect that when you blame the pandemic, Erica, that, I think there's truth in that. That probably there's some episodes that they wanted to remain more or less intact, mm-hmm. and and so they kept the Angels episode and the first Centauran episode intact. But that also affected the pacing. It limited yes. where they could put other parts of the story in order mm-hmm. to get it through in six. And I think five, episodes five and six do suffer from having to cram in an awful lot of of setup and resolution. Um, there's no there's no doubt about it. Um, And and that's part of my frustration in having the solutions come because it's not – honestly, it's not just that the solutions to some of the plot points are simple. It's that they happen so quickly. Like the antimatter destruction thing happens in this episode and then the solution also happens in this episode. And if that had been sort of like a puzzle to solve across episodes, it might have been more – Uh, impressive to me but the problem and the solution or the 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 clue and the solution are in the same episode and and so I don't know it just it just Mm -hmm. seemed less to me and that's all a factor of it being kind of rushed
2: yep
1: and I mean they could have have had you could have had Yaz Dan, Dan and Jericho like actually finding some of that information out on a like a whole i would have been happy to see an episode which was mostly about the three of them traveling the world yeah and deciphering things and kind of like putting it together and then they can't tell the doctor because she's not there and then they have to like sort of unite and you know i don't know there's lots of things you could
2: have done but i mean they also could have made the choice to cut more out and i think that would have also made for a, a slimmer more elegant version of this story that didn't feel quite so much like drinking from the fire hose. And I think it's one of those things where it's just like maybe, you know, Chibnall didn't want to kill all of his darlings because it would have, you know, changed it to something that was fundamentally unrecognizable from the story that he really wanted to tell. So he decided to just give it his best shot and Keep as much as he possibly could and cram it in. And that mm-hmm. did not work for a lot of people. Uh, I'm glad that I'm one of the people that I worked for because this is <laughs> genuinely my favorite of all of his seasons. And I've liked them so far, but this was just, this mm-hmm. was, this was a sort of for me kind of ride. Well,
0: I'm, I'm well, a real journey is the, the journey is the reward kind of person. And I agree, this was a very fun ride. I just, you know, it gets lots of bonus points if it, if it sticks the landing and, yeah. I felt frustrated by the ending that it that it got that it was too rushed and some stuff was too easy and a lot of threads just were dangling with without me having a lot of confidence that they're going to be picked up um, mm-hmm. and, and I that, might
2: feel the same way next week <laughs> <It's
0: possible laughs> when I think about it
2: a little more well, and you know who they could have
1: cut they could have cut Bell and Vinder I think yeah they're pretty mm. self-contained i You're don't right. think you needed them at all to advance the overarching story right. but i like them as characters yes. so i can see being loath to cut them but you could have cut them
2: let's hope that the reason that he kept them is just because he also liked them and not because they're going to pop back up in one right. of the <laughs> right <and suddenly laughs> be the i don't i just
1: thought they so were regular important. people Right, like I did not have like in my head that that Same. baby was anyone important. I was just like, oh, they're yeah. in, like a cute little story, and I like these characters, that's, and I care about them. A-
0: amen to that. Right, that, that, I I actually yeah. I agree with that. I, I agree with that. I okay. So one of my other challenge. I'm just gonna. I'm just getting it off my chest now. Please do it. Yeah, you can help. You can help do me it, out here. Do it. Help me out here. So is the universe all mostly destroyed now? Like that is a good question. That, that that's one of the parts where I was like, you know. They, we see Swarm, and and we'll get to that, uh, some of that later, but uh, we see Swarm go into the Doctor's memories and sort of like dissolve them and then restate them and then dissolve them and restate them. And then there's sort of this idea of like, I can I, I can loop time, we're going to, their grand plan seems to be to destroy the universe and put the end of it on a loop so that they can go around and look at everybody dying and that, that they think that'll be cool. Yeah, they're baddies. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I still don't understand their religion. Time is their savior. I still don't entirely understand what's going on there, but I'll, I'll take it because they're Doctor Who baddies. That's that's fine. Mm-hmm. But we've seen all of these planets just be completely destroyed by the flux. We see the Santaran, Cybermen, and Dalek fleets be destroyed by the flux.
1: I've watched and all... the Lupari
0: destroyed yeah. by the Santarans. All... Right, so exactly. Four races, like yeah. wiped out. So I've gone into this whole thing, and we see Swarm do the little time thing, thinking, well. The the way this is going to end up is that the doctor winds it back and stops the flux mm-hmm. from ever happening, and that doesn't happen. So is Doctor Who now set in a universe where vast swaths of it have been destroyed Earth by the only place left except Earth <laughs> by the flux, and that's a really weird status quo to go into the last three episodes of your era with. I don't know. I I, I, I found that since weird.
2: The next time trailer shows us, and we already know the name of the the the. New Year's special um, has Daleks, which we just saw their army get fluxed. Yeah, away. Totally so, fluxed. Um, but I, I don't know. I my thought about that, and I hadn't actually really taken the time to think about it until now. Uh, so thanks, Jason. You're welcome. Um, but <laughs> but that <laughs> that the the way that the Doctor was ejected from Atropos was by time itself, just yes. saying, yeah, you're you're out of here. So maybe time actually like rolled things backwards so mm-hmm. that we don't have that you know the weird universe where we literally just have earth the the thing that now that i'm a little bit annoyed about is the fact that that's not that's not made clearer and if my headcanon about that like my idea is correct then why did we not have some acknowledgement of that from like anybody, or specifically right. Carvinista? Because that was the one, like the moment that he finds out that about his the, mm-hmm. the rest of the the Lupari, like that really hit me hard. Sure, and at the at the end, like they don't really nod to that in one way or another like you get the, you know the cute like oh look it's a family with their dog and they're going off to have adventures together mm. and i love that and i will charge sure. the crap out of that show so but yeah you're right
0: you get a dog Ooh. before you have a baby it totally happens mm-hmm. it's perfectly reasonable uh-huh. well this is this is when we talk about it feeling rushed i feel like these are the examples right which yeah. is which is either some of that stuff got tabled because chris chibnall knows he's got a a, a new year special a few weeks later and he can figure it out or or uh, just sort of like, yeah, you know, it's Doctor Who. Everybody will forget and they'll assume it goes back to a status quo. But it does feel <laughs> rushed in that it doesn't like we saw like I have a hard time watching the first four or five episodes, first three episodes, especially of this season and not think the universe is completely decimated here. It, it, yeah. it is un- unrecognizable to what it was. Basically, almost everything has been wiped out. And the end of the season doesn't undo it, and yet I-, I doubt that Doctor Who is going to then be this show about a person who wanders in time and space, but can only visit one planet uh, after a certain point in time. <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense, right? <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what's going on. That that just is a weird one. And again, we don't know because there is the New Year special and the two other specials next year. We don't. We we don't we don't know. But it. it I, I don't have a great confidence that um that this is going to be addressed at all is i think my problem mm-hmm. with it is like wow you made a lot of big moves here that then just are dropped and i don't know it's i, I don't know it's weird <laughs> right because there are those, all those planets that are all like in pieces the, the nice yeah, planet and- with the with the canals that is just part uh-huh, of a planet now right.
1: mm-hmm. well and i i think he, yeah you got to at least do something hand-wavy at the beginning of the next episode to bring back the daleks if nothing right. else, because otherwise, like, did, was there like some rogue Alex that didn't show? Up? I
0: would almost, I would almost put money down that the Doctor will say something like, "Oh, when you know, when when I got ejected from the Temple of Atropos, uh, the flux reset." Yeah. <laughs> like okay,
1: <laughs> which which that's fine. Okay. Yeah, I accept it. It's a time show.
2: <laughs> it is a time show. It it is yeah. that.
0: It is. It is. I just. I. I, I kind of wanted that in this episode because it sort of yeah, leaves it me going. Sense. What? Wait. What? Huh? And and next episode, kind of waving your hand at it. I, I don't think is is better. But we'll see. We'll see if yeah. they do. Um, I. Yeah, I didn't
1: ahead. mind though. Like another thing, they basically like, majorly, like literally, drop is the uh, fob. Okay. Of the memories. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's so, let's talk about it. Yeah
1: that I didn't sort of like for for like a character wise I can see not wanting to like what happens when you open that up right and they sort of because like how would you have even addressed it in all of this episode so they've either pushed it off to another era or to these specials but it's like it's there and it's sort of this little easter egg that could just disappear or could happen right away and we don't know but I'm kind of okay with it I'm like okay, so that's what you did with it. It seems like a big thing and you really built up to that, but uh, and now it's gone. Well, not gone, but tabled, shall we say.
0: And a friend of ours uh, in a Slack that we're all in points out that there's a, a, a... Her point was that it's a narrative problem in the sense that the doctor is given a choice, which is get your memories back or save the universe. And in the mm-hmm. end, external forces allow her to get both. And she makes no decisions, and it's like,
2: yeah. You know what? I disagree with that uh, that reading of it because I don't think— that given the history of Doctor Who, and even given this character, if you've even if you've just been watching the Chibnall era and nothing else, I don't think that that's a choice. I don't think that that's ever a choice that either the Doctor or we as the viewers were ever actually supposed oh, to take sure. seriously. Well, I mean, I, I
0: never took it seriously, right? Like, of course, the Doctor no. is going to choose to save the universe, but what? But she she gets the fob watch too, which then gets put down the literally down the memory hole, but not like I'll never find it unless I ask, which is. I thought a very fun undercutting of dialogue where she's like, I will never put this where I will never be able to find it unless I say I really need it. And, <laughs> but my question is, yeah. So is this a cornerstone of the Chibnall era? He introduced the timeless child. He introduced Joe Martin's doctor, uh, and the division and which I guess is still out there just kind of hovering with nobody on it except a nude. Uh, I don't know. Again, <laughs> question mark, uh, is this, is this the end of it or is, is it going to be a cornerstone of some or all of the specials next year? Mm-hmm. And, and cause it's a weird, again, it's like, I get how you might narratively want to just drop that thing down the hole and sort of say, well, if anybody, future, future writers want to address this thing that I created for mm-hmm. continuity wise, uh, it just ask in case of need break glass and you can get that out, <laughs> but I'm going to walk away now. That's an interesting move. I don't know. I kind of I kind of am a believer that there's going to be more about uh her origins before she goes just because it's the defining characteristic it's just, of this era. Yeah, it's the
1: big question
2: that she's been looking at for like two seasons now. So Yeah, you'd for expect the people expect something really- need to see how something finishes up and something lands before they can judge it. I do think that they're going to need to see all the rest of the the Chibnall specials because all of that stuff was sort of kind of in the works when everything had to change because of COVID. So I, I think that, you know, I keep coming back to the fact that this, this season was called Doctor Who Flux. Right. And the flux is dealt with. Mm-hmm. The Timeless Child came in before Doctor Who Flux started, and now it is continuing after Doctor Who Flux is done. I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, some of this stuff that's not specifically flux related, like division. Division also was created beforehand and now still exists. So I feel like, you know, he <laughs> named this very well. Flux began and ended here <laughs> in this, and then the other the other narrative elements may or may not continue right. into the specials. And I, you know, I, I feel like I can't judge those things really until we get to the end of his, his tenure and we find out if he actually does leave that open. I think it'd be really cool if that the watch was just floating around in the TARDIS and somebody <laughs> in the future gets to take care of that. I'm, you I'm, could have Carvinista
1: also remove the, the poison in his brain so right. that he could talk about their time together mm. and you could get, like, low-key memories that, are like not everything back, but sort of bring some back and answer some of her her questions.
0: Mm. Yeah, could without be.
1: Without opening be. the fob watch.
0: Yeah, I think... Uh, I have a hard time believing that there's not going to be a reappearance for, by Joe Martin before Jodie Whittaker's era ends. Yeah. Right? I like, I, I feel like that... that vision of, a, of yeah, I, I have a hard time believing that there isn't a little bit more there given that. I don't feel like that character got, you know, really landed. Right. It was just in a mm-hmm. flashback and it's great that we saw her, but it feels like there's still that open question there. And that goes back to the, to the, the fob watch. I, I um, also division, like we got the impression that division is this big thing. And so tech, Taeyun got turned into a bunch of, of glitter, but there's just an mm-hmm. ood there. I imagine that Tecteun wasn't like all of Division, and that there are other people. But that, mm-hmm. that's an open question as well, right? Because it's not like they got destroyed; they're still, they're still there. And and the I, I guess the story is that that she created the flux because she wanted to basically destroy the universe and move on to a new one. That all happened really fast, and I, I don't know whether to read it that there's more to that story or whether that's exactly all of that story. But why? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I shouldn't which, ask that question. Which, well, probably. here's the thing. It leads to the other thing I wanted to bring up, which is the uh, he will knock three times moment, which is time in the form of first uh, swarm and then uh, Jody Whittaker. Uh, the mm-hmm. the time itself, the force of time, says, "I'm not going to kill you." Um, you can leave here, but you won't outrun me. Your time is heading to an end. Nothing is forever. No regeneration. No life. Beware of the forces that massed against you and their master. Interesting choice of words mm, there. The master. Mm. Uh, I, I restore you, Doctor. Reunify you, but for how long? And that's that moment that again is the knowing this is the end of the era coming. Uh, You have a few more episodes left, Doctor. Enjoy them because at the end you will be done. And uh, I enjoy when the show does that, but that also makes me go, you know, what what aspect of this story is continuing to lead to that point? Because it's forces that mass against. And the, the whole idea, like, your time is heading to its end. Nothing is forever. No regeneration. Like... I I am intrigued by the idea that with all of these different pieces on the board and the fact that Chris Chibnall is leaving and the show is being you know taken over by a whole new production company and and uh, and showrunner, what that means. But I do admire him hanging like Russell T Davis did, hanging a lantern on it and saying the clock is ticking now.
2: Mm-hmm. How'd you feel yeah. about it? I admit I'm a, one thing that annoys me a little bit is when really really big big bads like you know super powerful creatures just say nah you get to live yeah. for now like what <laughs> but mm-hmm. but I don't have any problem with the idea of of time being like just embodied in a conscious force I mean this is a show we've had black guardians and white guardians yeah. and eternals and like that's that I th- I thought that idea was kind of cool I just uh, but
0: that- I guess and 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 his his consumption or his hers its consumption of of swarm and azure also is like I guess it's because they failed because the flux got stopped but it just you know eats them and spares the doctor and it's I don't know it felt a little anticlimactic to me that this is how the baddies get dealt with is that their savior you know kills them but leaves the doctor with off with a warning <laughs> basically <laughs> Yeah I, I have know.
2: no problem with Swarman as you're getting you know like you f- you failed to release me from the temple of Atesh sure. so for that you die but yeah then the doctor just gets gets to leave it I mean who knows again maybe there will be something in the specials that explains exactly why time did that mm-hmm.
0: uh I have. It's a planet of of time, right? And time lives on the planet. And I'm not entirely sure that the Timeless Child and the other universe from which the Timeless Child came isn't a part of that story. And that's a last Mm -hmm. piece that Chris Chibnall is going to move, that the Doctor's story is going to be yet again redefined to involve being a personification of time or the universe or whatever, something like that.
1: Mm -hmm. And she comes from a universe where there is no time. Mm -hmm. She's timeless. I also oh. find the the threat of like regenerations, like no more regenerations. You're like, yeah, right. Yeah, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that's an empty threat. We all know that's an empty threat. Well, well, right
2: now it's less empty because even if you and and I've actually I I know of some people who think that this is what's going to happen is that, yeah, Jodie Whittaker's doctor is going to die and is not going to regenerate. And the future Doctor Who that we're going to have is actually just going to be everything, you know, between the Joe Martin's doctor and William Hartnell's doctor or or Mm -hmm. the pre-Joe doctor. joe martin doctors or something like that because we don't know how long that went on it could literally be thousands and thousands of years we could have you know dozens more doctors happening so i feel like right now is probably the time i'm the most scared i've ever been that the doctor's not going to (laughs) regenerate because narratively they could actually do that
0: or make it that it's a loop or i mean yeah I, i i think you're right there there are Chris Chibnall has the keys and could do all sorts of things before he goes. I, don't want that. I will say no, that you. that I do like the idea. I know not everybody likes the timeless child thing. I think it's okay. One of the things I like about it the most, which I've said on this podcast before, is that I really like the idea that she was just left there, coming out of a wormhole, and nobody knows where she came from. It's from another universe because. I I like the idea that the Doctor's origin is now once again unknown and potentially unknowable. Um, But it probably will be known at some point because that's how (laughs) these narratives work. But I Mm -hmm. like that it's kind of a mysterious like, yes, the Doctor is different, but you don't know how or why. And suffice it to say that she is. And let's move on. There were a couple of, uh, of moments, the best one being, I think, when Swarm says something like, um, when they're tormenting her and winding her backward and forward, says something like, um, You are the universe, Doctor. And it's intended as being like, I can do to you to the universe what I'm doing to you, where I can kill you and then wind it back and then watch you again and wind it back. But I sat forward when he said, mm-hmm. you're the universe doctor, because uh-huh. I thought, is that what we're kind of getting to here by the by the end of this? Uh, this era is something about the doctor's sort of fundamental. She she doesn't want to move. Right. Tecteun wants to zap the universe and move to a new universe, which is apparently the universe she came from. It's kind of unclear, but. Um... I kind of like that that theme of, like, you're, you are the universe, you're fundamental to this universe, you're the protector of this universe, you're the binding force between time and space, something like that. I'm kind of okay with it. I know that a lot of people don't like the idea that the Doctor is super special, and I totally get that. But at the same time, after the show's been on for 60 years, it's very hard in the face of the narrative to deny that, that the Doctor is special. <laughs> So I is don't know.
1: Is the doctor the frog? Oh God! <laughs> Wait,
0: if you don't sure, remember the, doctor, the frog,
2: and mm. the doctor is also the face of Bo, and the doctor is also no, no. like the doctor, just might as well be but everybody. Not,
0: doctor is literally everybody in the uh, universe is the doctor.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. that's that's, that's that would be a secret. That would be the thing. <laughs> Who knows? If they what's live in long, long that, enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Could be could be an entire universe that's nothing that would be one of the universes that division looked in and they're like nope there's just a frog in there that's i mean
2: that's (laughs) that's one of my issues with the the timeless child thing is yeah i'm definitely one of those people who prefers it when the the thing that makes the doctor special is the fact that they ran away from a society that they felt was was wrong and chose to do the right thing. And I feel like, you know, you could just continue to have that character go around and continue to do the right thing. I have... You know, I've I've sort of come to terms with the fact that current Doctor Who and even classic Doctor Who with the seventh doctor, I'm still angry about that stuff, uh, <laughs> didn't didn't necessarily subscribe to that same idea. And we've been moving away from it for a long time. So like I'm, I'm getting used to it, but that doesn't ever mean I'm going to completely like it and the more that we swing in that direction of the doctor being like really by themselves and unlike anybody else and like this super special figure uh the more annoyed i'm going to be with it but i'm still gonna watch this show and i'm still gonna enjoy the (laughs) ups and downs of the stories and stuff so you know just bring it on i will i will continue to uh to to stick with it
0: i yeah i think even when they broke the seal on the time lords with the war games. And then especially during the Tom Baker era, like the more I know about the doctor's backstory, like the less I want to know about the, it's, 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 it, the mystery is fascinating, but then you get the details and you're like, yeah, I kind of like, it's like watching the first star Wars movie as a kid and being like, whoa, I I can imagine this big universe. And then they start filling in the blanks and you're like, yeah, that's kind of disappointing. It was better when it could have been anything. Now it's something very specific. And, and, that's why I keep coming back to, like, what if in the end the story is that, um, you know, the Doctor fled that universe for this universe? And in a moment that is, you know, kind of silly villain philosophizing, but also I think kind of cool, is when Swarm basically says, uh, essentially, like, why do you think your way is better than our way? Why do you think, like, life is better than death? And it's such a weird question. I do, I do enjoy those. Oh those, yeah, that was that those was characters. Azure. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it was Azure, Azure, right. I do enjoy those characters because they are they look weird and they are weird, but they they have these uh, little moments of of speechifying and philosophizing that I think are bananas and also kind of brilliant. So it's yes. like who you know we're not that we're not so different. You and I, Doctor. You like life and I like death. They're both sides <laughs> of the same coin. It's like what are you saying? But I think that's I think it's kind of interesting that that idea that the Doctor is a force for this one particular worldview. And they're portrayed as being, like, religious about time. And the Doctor, like, doesn't have to be a chosen one, necessarily, or could even be self-chosen, but is sort of the de facto protector of this universe. Um, and you can, you can play that off as being, like, that they're a savior or they're a, you know, that kind of a figure. But you could also play it off as being, no, they are self-appointed protector of our universe. Mm-hmm. And that's okay.
1: Is yeah. is the doctor that different though because she just let the re-races get absorbed by the flux she basically mm. passively allowed the Santarns to like oh. lure in well, and i mean it's throw it's in the trolley problem <laughs> right but <laughs> it is totally is the trolley problem but it's like she's talking all about de- like that the trolley is, is so a important everything blah 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 and then it's like, well, we'll just like let two races in and then to fix that problem, we'll just throw the Centaurans in mm-hmm. after them and then we'll fix things.
2: I mean, that's that has always been the doc- I have been annoyed it's a with, challenge. I have been annoyed with modern Doctor Who for a long time at placing the doctor and like trying to say that the doctor is a pacifist and trying to, you know, like mm, Dr. Yeah. Revere's Doctor's life over a pacifist. all things. That no. has never been the case and it still isn't. And so, yeah, I mean, I the idea that the that's uh, azure uh, you know is is harping on this it did feel a little bit modern doctor Who-y, like this is the ethos of the show talking to us as opposed to just the villain talking to us because the doctor has committed i don't know how many genocides oh, yeah. i haven't sat down and actually figured it out um and uh, you know but there's there's the whole like if she hadn't done episode. that <laughs> if she hadn't done that there w- then it would have been the entire universe sure. that would have completely exactly. died so it's hard well, to I that didn't feel her.
1: bad for them, but it's just like at the same time the whole argument sort of falls apart a little You're bit. You're a fan of life, like
0: but that was never her like I'm so for
1: life, But I'm
0: yeah, I think I think that is that is that yours end. argument, yeah. right? Which is you kill you kill people too. We're not we're not so different, you and I. And the doctor's like, yeah, but the net gain is what I'm after. And they're like, no, no, but you just keep killing them, and then they're all dead. See, <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> villain got it, Batty, got it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did like I did like them. I thought they were f- I like them super weird super weird villains and they look strange and you know Mm -hmm. purple villains and oh and when they show the doctor her memories you know quote unquote and it's that that floating house thing that we have seen in previous episodes the doctor is in black and white the landscape is in black and white but azure and swarm (gasps) are in color color. that 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 was great because you know purple and blue villains are not going to be uh willing to not be colorful right, like, right. But and their sparkles fun- remain color they are fundamentally mm-hmm. colorful people or creatures or whatever they are yep be- beings of Entities. sentient glitter i don't know who they are i don't know i don't know that much about them other than that they are the doctor's ancient enemies from uh from her past and that's that's still out there um some other stuff. I mean, so much happened this episode. I, I don't even know. <laughs> yep. I, my notes are enormous and they're a, a complete mess. Um, <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to point out. Uh, so I've been going through as we've been talking, trying to mark things that I wanted to at least mention. I want to mention. Uh, Annette, you mentioned that Carvanista has a like a bomb in his head and, and put there by Division, so he can't yes. uh, t- talk about his time in Division. Um, and that scene. I think is actually one of the best little moments in terms of the doctor has this whole past she knows nothing about because she's like working through it and she goes, she comes to that moment where she says, were you my companion? Mm -hmm. And he has a non-answer that is a very telling non-answer and then says, there was a time I'd do anything for you, but you left me. Yep. I put the whole universe between us and then you came in and found me. Uh, So great, because this is Carvanista basically saying, yeah, I was a companion or a friend or something like that, and you left, and I tried to get away from you. And then you turn up and are chasing me, asking me about a thing that I can't tell you the answer to. I thought it was, not only was it sort of tragic, uh, and poor Carvanista, a lot of tragedy for Carvanista in this episode, mm, yes. but I also just really love that idea of the doctor realizing, oh, wait, you're one of those... People, aren't you? Oh no!
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the idea that, like, you know, at, at the beginning of the very f- it's the beginning, of the very first episode, where Carbonista yep. has them hanging upside down, and yeah. like we don't necessarily know why is he trying to kill him. Now we know he is like, you know, it's it's a spurned companion that has like some deep emotional mm-hmm. baggage and wounds from from the doctor and so that's one of the things that i'm glad that they did tie up in it for a reason because that was that was something that uh, people had complained about not knowing like okay so carver needs is somebody who's literally trying to kill them and then suddenly is just sort of kind of pals with them like that doesn't fit well now it totally does everything yeah. all those pieces mm-hmm. fit together
0: yeah i agree um some other things we saw: uh, the TARDIS user interface, which is uh, which spins. Just want to note that I'm a big fan of computer <laughs> interfaces in Doctor Who and the Gallifreyan <laughs> no. stuff. It's all those big circles and swooshes and stuff. So she's like, you know, doing little multi-touch like spinning thing on the TARDIS screen, which I just thought was fun. Um, I thought
2: that was on Carbonista's ship,
0: or was that? Oh, I don't know. They're spinning interfaces. Yeah, no, fun. I think it
2: was. It
1: was on Carbonista's. Was it?
0: I don't yeah. know. There are three doctors. It gets very confusing. That's it it true. Does a little bit. There are mm-hmm. the Grand Serpent. Who's he working for, or who him- is himself? he?
2: <laughs> like, there's. I feel like there are still some unanswered questions there, and the fact that they didn't mm-hmm. kill him means
0: that maybe he is
2: also something that's going to be tied up later on.
0: Because yeah, yeah he's like, got I, time I was... travel. Mm-hmm. And he's working with the Centaurans, but it doesn't seem like he's just a Centauran agent. And he he admits that he used to be, a, a, well, a, a beloved leader, not a dictator, of course, a beloved leader. Mm. So that that stuff with Vinder was in the past, uh, and it, you know, I've sort of assumed that he was working for Division and not for the Centaurans. But it's not really resolved. And then you know, he's just put on a rock. I had the
1: impression he thought he could control the Centaurans, and he was like, Right. Mm Because they're not super smart. They're not. So he had, they thought he was working for them. He's got a lot of chocolate. He knew they were working (laughs) for him.
0: Mm -hmm. Chocolate. Yes. Chocolate.
2: I, I liked that bit. It was like, as soon as it was like corner stores and the doctor goes on about I don't, metapa- metabolic whatever, I was like, Oh my God, it's going to be like snacks.
0: Right. Yeah, <laughs> I was close. I was thinking
2: potato chips. I was thinking salty, but no, it was, it was sweet. I, I,
0: uh, I get, was the t- So Tarns are so silly with their things, on, their propic vents and their, and their uh, need for, for replenishment and all of that, that I, I totally thought that that was very funny. I, I'm not sure. I really like the idea that a Centauran would essentially betray his whole fleet for chocolate. But then again, chocolate's
1: pretty good, though. And they're Centaurans,
0: <laughs> so they're not that bright. So mm-hmm. it's okay. Right, well, he's warning to
1: my friend we'll Give you chocolate,
0: and we'll tell you how to make it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> chocolate. Okay. uh there's a paul hollywood handshake for people who watch the great (gasps) british bake-off that was uh that made me laugh a lot
2: yeah we laughed very (laughs) heartily over here i just want to go back to the great serpent for a second because you know i had thoughts like is he the master that would be annoying Mm -hmm. but you know maybe it's a thing that they do but then the fact that he needs to be in a really hot room and he's you know got the the snakes and the doctor says some some mumbo jumbo about you know the two different systems working together and life, blah 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 blah. I'm like, okay, so it's probably not the master. But who who is he? Like, how did he actually get from point A to point B? I I too thought that he was part of division, um, and he was in the same basically force or core or whatever that uh, that Vinder and Bell were serving with. And so for a while, I thought, oh. They're also in division, and I mean, maybe they were without knowing it, but I don't think none. Neither of them ever said anything specific about being in division, uh, and so yeah, there's there are definitely lots of gaps in terms of understanding what actually I just watched and yeah. what 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 happened. Like what what society are they actually from and clearly they have some really in- intense technology if they know what TARDISes are and understand passenger forms and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And I don't know right. if we're going to get more like about all of that. Although I do think we'll see the Grand Serpent again just because he's not dead.
0: I'm still not entirely convinced that Vinder and Bell are not related uh, to Division or the Time Lords somehow. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And that would be okay if they did it well, as long as they're not you know, their baby's not the doctor or the master. Yeah. Please. <laughs>
0: Maybe. Yes. That's the, that's the that... big season finale cliffhanger is that Belle has her, her baby and the baby looks up and says, so doctor, I have finally caught you in my trap. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, how? Could the... no, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't do that. No. There are a lot of, um, th- I know that Erica, uh, Steven's going to talk about this a lot on radio free Scarrow. Um hmm. there are a lot of wipes in this episode. A lot of Star Wars <laughs> style wipes. It's it true. felt
1: a little Star Warsy it with the, the titling too.
0: Yeah, and the um and the, there's a one wipe in particular where they wipe to the Centauran battle fleet. And I'm like, you're just doing Star Wars now. This is what's uh-huh. happening this episode now. Not in a bad way. I, I thought it was kind of fun, but it also spoke to how jam-packed this episode is. That they're like, yep. wipe two, next thing. Wipe two, next thing. We just keep mm-hmm. keep doing the wipes. <laughs> so, you and know, I predict Stephen will talk about that is what I'm saying. Probably. do I, I think I know Stephen well enough to know that he mm-hmm. will talk about the wipes.
1: Yeah. It, but it, the whole story felt like they stepped way back from the first two seasons where you were looking at kind of even with the timeless child, you you were stepping further back, but this like stepped another giant step back. So you had a bigger picture of the whole universe and not just particular worlds or stories. And mm-hmm. so I think that's part of what made it so overwhelming is like you're trying to look at so much going on that it it, it was. Yeah. Even like seeing like you know three giant alien armies was just like felt like I was in a different franchise mm. maybe Star Wars
0: <laughs> maybe so um let's see what else there's just it's
1: <laughs> there's a lot. i i have I have something okay, please um the only person the doctor hugged was yes,
0: oh yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and then they were totally gonna kiss, and Dan stop them
2: or I know him. Erica will I, protest or, or, this. Yeah, yeah, I but gonna, it was like I was going to say look uh, if the if the yas if the
0: Yaz doctor shippers want to want to say that I I'm fine with them believing that. Yeah. I don't think that's the case, but I'm fine with it. I think I well I don't know. I think Yaz yeah yeah might have been. Yes, really wanted to be kissed. Really into it. Yeah. I I would I might sign off on that. But uh, yes, they they, they, they the kissed. the <laughs> But they are very uh, happy to see each other and the doctor feels bad and apologizes. They've been gone. Also, they've been gone for like three years, right? So there's mm-hmm. in, in the doctor has one of those like, ooh, ouch, right? Mom- moments. It's like, I'm not supposed to do that to humans. Not supposed to leave them behind for years. Oops. But uh, she's very apologetic. Like, you know, I-, I withheld this stuff from you and it's about me and I feel really bad about it. And I shouldn't shut you out, and that's all nice. And then, and then Dan goes, so where, I, do I go left <laughs> or right to find the bedroom? Because I got my stuff and I want to unpack. And they're like, uh. I,
2: I, I think uh. that like ever since the show came back, I think that the showrunners have. Uh, Well, I'm going to say RTD and Chivnell have done a a nice, elegant job of sort of really skirting that line, like leaving it open so that you can interpret it that the doctor is is asexual or is not sexually interested in, you know, mere humans or, you know, however you want to, to, to read that. And I think that this is another sort of step on that same that same line, like you can read it whichever way you want and it totally works and I works. do read it <laughs> and like yeah. you know everybody can have their own headcanon that that fits in with the the text of of what we saw on screen uh, but for me the most important part of that scene was actually the apology sequence because I yes. feel mm-hmm. like that is a really big step for the doctor. It's a really big character moment. It's not just like a, you know, David Tennant's doctor. I'm sorry. I'm so very sorry. This was an actual apology that seemed to get at, you know, that she recognized what she had done wrong. And I still, I don't feel, I mean, it's, it's good that she apologized, but I still, I understand very, very well the doctor's motivations for wanting to keep that Uh, To herself. I mean, she's thousands of years old. Here's somebody that she has known for a, you know, teeny, 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 tiny fraction of that amount of time. And while I like the idea that they could maybe get close enough that Yaz is the, the kind of person that she would want to tell Sort of, you know, intimate self details too. Uh, I have no problem with her waiting a few years to do it because, good grief, she's thousands of years old. <laughs> um, so I, I like that that she had some character growth, but I also like the fact that she didn't have that growth right away, and it took some time to 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 get to that point. The Doctor has never really been a, a person to share everything and all of those details, and I like that they're moving in that direction kind of slowly step by step. So so that was that was that was a really big scene for me. It was like I got a little bit teary-eyed just watching her apologize and, and recognize why yaz was annoyed and that Yaz does not let her off the hook so it's like good for you mm-hmm. uh, and then you know dan coming back in and sort of like deflating that moment was yeah. was fine because i was surprisingly really happy that dan came back to the tardis also don't don't, <laughs> yeah. don't
0: forget that dan technically has been yaz's companion longer than he's been the doctor's yes. companion right not yeah. even
1: technically I absolutely mean, years, for years
0: yep. they them yes and and, and, they liked each yeah. other. Yeah, yes, and poor old so Jericho cute. too, right? Like the, the yes. Yas had her two companions there, and poor, poor Jericho, you know, has a, a you know, a script based mishap with a with a piece of uh, of tech in order to have him <laughs> tragically die, but he gives a nice speech and says goodbye, and it's a uh, mm-hmm. you know, but he can't be saved. But he had he that was a fun character, and uh, he'll sorry. always be in the list of um of Yas companions.
1: I will, uh, I would watch a spin off show of the three of them. Oh, big finish. Yeah, for sure. This is, uh, yeah. Yes. Liz
0: was saying this last time like, you know, get ready for the big finish audios with Yaz and, and Dan and, and, and Jericho. Although oh, now, mm-hmm. also, you've got, like, there are all these other. This this season generated all these characters that didn't have, as we said, maybe as much to do as you would like. But like mm-hmm. you've got Carvinista and Belle and Vinder, and then you've also yeah. got um uh Claire. Yeah. Who gets who gets dropped off back in the present day and, and she's dropped off with Kate Stewart. So, mm. you know, there's there's they're all over the place. Like, maybe she becomes
2: mm-hmm. a, a unit operative mm. of some sort.
0: Or or whatever the you you know human resistance slash now that the grand serpents out of out of things maybe unit will be uh, in better shape. They can get some new funding, new funding, new grants. Maybe so. Well,
1: and Diane was pretty smart. She figured out some stuff like the whole passenger thing, and like she said, she was underestimated, so she could go join unit as well.
0: You know, it's true. This is a this is probably more fan stuff than an intent, although Chris Chibnall's a fan, so maybe it is his intent. But the idea that the Grand Serpent from last week, that the Grand Serpent was sort of like overseeing unit for its entire existence. (laughs) I have this part of me that thinks probably he's not working for the Centaurans and that he spent all of that time doing that in order to have a moment where he could drop the shields and let the Santarans come in. Like I that would be the perfect job to have if you wanted to pay attention to the doctor, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll just throw that out there as a as a, yep. a mm-hmm. conspiracy corner kind of That's moment. True. Like he's that like every single unit adventure ever seen, the implication is that the Grand Serpent got the report about it. That's interesting.
1: And there was a TARDIS, extra TARDIS sitting there all along.
2: That wasn't an extra TARDIS though. No. Well, I well, mean, that was her TARDIS. It was from the
0: village, from the village.
2: Angels. Yeah, the thirteenth s-
1: Doctor in 1967. 19- okay, yeah. so and it right. sat yeah. there all along the entire run <laughs> up until present day, <laughs> where there's that TARDIS just mm-hmm.
2: assuming away somewhere, assuming that any of that actually happened in the continuity oh, of the boy. classic Doctor Who, like the you fluxes. know, or did it all? Is will it all be re- reset? Right. And like, did that actually, you know, while we were watching the, you know, the John Pertwee episodes, like had Flux actually even happened yet? Had Division made any of that happen so that there was a TARDIS there? Or was that like, this is baking my noodles is is what's happening.
0: So I last week after the after the episode, I fell down the rabbit hole again and reminded myself of the unit dating controversies which you can read all about it, everybody, if you want to. Is this
1: an uh, Agents of Smooch episode? Uh, (laughs) Not
2: that kind of dating. No.
0: Although, there is a strict, the Brig insisted on a strict dating policy. (laughs) Um, But, I because it's Doctor Who and so for people who don't know it's this idea like throughout history especially in the episode Arc of Infinity which apparently is the one that really caused all the trouble because it was written by written by somebody or edited by somebody who didn't remember that in the 70s those unit episodes weren't set in the 70s they were set Mm -hmm. in the 80s and that episode treats it like it happened in the 70s so it gives out a bunch of dates when the 70s episodes didn't give out very many dates because they didn't want to get tripped up by it it's a whole thing you can read all (laughs) about it there's articles on the internet you can find them but the point is that it's Doctor Who, and so I have decided personally, and this is the headiest of headcanons, that, that it is both, and they're both wrong, and it's all messed up because the timeline is messed up because of something. Maybe something mm-hmm. we've seen, maybe something we haven't seen, and as a result... <laughs> Uh, that's why there's that line in the 50th anniversary episode that says you'll find it under the 70s or the 80s, depending on the time yep. correlation or whatever. <laughs> the whole idea is that yep. it's messed up and nobody knows for sure when those stories were set, and that's mm-hmm. it's not uh, it's not a continuity error; it's a continuity opportunity.
2: Ooh, I like it. I so, like
0: it I so the I'm just saying that. And then this is the serpent there watching it all. Maybe, maybe,
2: <laughs> and maybe not. It's I don't uh,
0: know. Uh, one I other jump thing back
2: to. Oh, I was just gonna before yep. we finish talking about Diane because uh, you brought ah, her up in the, yes. in the unit stuff. Um, I both liked and like I have mixed feelings about how she was handled because I loved that at the beginning it looked like she was going to be really important, and then at the end she was really important. But you know we have our our mad mole who is sprinkled throughout, and we didn't get those moments with Diane to sort of remind us of mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. she was it's, and what she It's more was like, doing.
0: oh no, Dan's friend is inside the passenger. Now yeah. we won't see her again for a while.
2: <laughs> no. So, I mean, it's, which, you know, you really had to cut something because there was a lot happening Ooh, in yes, every single lot. episode. So that's that's fine. But I did really like the fact that she ended up being as smart and capable a character as it made it look like she was going to be at right. the beginning. And she spent all of this time that she had in there. Um, you know, researching and finding things and finding a way to break it from the inside and learning as much as she could about about the area so that it didn't feel like Vinder was suddenly the super duper smart, you know, character that, like, how would he have known what the inside of a passenger was right. like? He kind of knew that it existed. But uh, so I I liked that she was sort of the key to figuring out a lot of things including how to end the flux because she knew about all of the matter that was mm-hmm. was in there and how just like it existed and um, I was a little bit like iffy on the fact that you know, why are you the only one still left here? Like I was hoping it would be something more specific, like you know that you are a friend of one of the doctor's companions, so we're saving you just in case we need you at the last moment because Swarm and Azure are that kind of like devious characters. And maybe that was the actual reason. And I, she just that's,
0: assumed. That's how I read it is since they had threatened her uh, and shown her to Dan and the doctor that mm-hmm. they had kept her around as a hostage to use for those purposes whereas they disposed of everybody else mm-hmm. by but she them didn't see it that way whatever. which well, yeah.
2: maybe the fact that she didn't see it that way was was actually yeah, maybe I do kind of like that that's an interesting thing because she has been underestimated her entire life because she has a visible disability. Yeah. So, she she has had that that treatment from everyone all along and is expecting that that's just the reason that she's the one that's left there by herself. And I had mixed feelings at the end that like I was sad for Dan that she didn't want to, you know, go on that date. But at the same time, we don't know how much time she actually spent inside right. the passenger form. It was probably maybe years, like given how much information she knew and how much she had been able to get done. And how time
1: flows in that environment. Exactly.
2: So the fact that she experienced this intense trauma like that would be terrible in so many ways. And then, you know, probably was thinking about Dan for a lot of the beginning of it, at least because he was supposed to be there and he was late. And that was, you know, maybe it wasn't his fault, but it's still to her. It feels like he was the the crux of that. So I... I appreciate that that she was just like not in a mean way but just like maybe let's not not do this mm-hmm. right now.
0: I uh the passenger is one of those things that is an idea that I love as a big idea and that I'm frustrated with how it got dealt with because it is um it, it it's similar to other technology we've seen like Tardis's or the 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 Dalek's arc. Um it's full of Daleks, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, but it's described as being a prison. But it's actually—it looks like it's a kind of dimensionally transcendent holodeck, sort of, or or not because it's real matter, right? Like, so it's it's like a pocket universe or series of pocket universes, and they don't seem particularly unpleasant, other than the fact that you're yeah. you can't mm-hmm. get out. Mm-hmm. I, I found that weird and inconsistent. And again, I think this is an idea that. Chris Chibnall needed it to be the solution to the story, Mm -hmm. but I think that a lot of steps got missed along the way. And I'm curious about where are they from and how do they act that way and why do we call it a prison? And you could have, could you have said, you know, you go in there and it seems pleasant, but you're actually just being held hostage or something like that instead of saying it's a prison. And then you go in there and it's like, oh, trees. How nice.
2: (laughs) Right. Like why? Yeah. Why did they ban those because they seem they seem okay like it's that, like they, we need they, more they,
0: affordable housing you just uh you know drop one of those on a corner and there's like real estate you build build apartment a, buildings in there whatever i don't know or there's a
2: life raft like you know this yeah. planet is about to die so everybody, everybody into the passenger and, will eject yep, it into space it'll
0: float around they
1: used it in episode three four 3D? Well, I mean, I can't remember, sort were, of. Except they were for telling people they couldn't they were doing that. <laughs> except they yeah, were lying. Yeah, they were stuck in there. And they were using them as
0: like power. But they ups. could have used it
1: that way. Yeah. Totally.
0: Yeah, that's that exactly. So I thought I thought that was just kind of weird. But, yeah, it, you know, good point. It's fine. And also, that mask is commercially available and you can buy it on Amazon.
2: Apparently, somebody <laughs> in my household, not me, has <laughs> um, made that purchase. I, I learned <laughs> via a Slack message that they sent to somebody yep, else. Yep. I saw that Slack <laughs> message.
0: The yep. uh, last thing i think i wanted to talk about is just the the idea james thompson our friend wanted to me to mention the final episode of star trek the next generation where captain picard gets split into three different timelines and they all have to work together <laughs> uh the, the, the idea of the three doctors that are the same they're kind of in the same and they end up what delighted me about it is not that they split jody, jody whitaker up across three different plot lines because i thought that was funny and a good like very uh, uh, Good use of, of Doctor Who logic to just split the Doctor up and have her not entirely remember things from the other timelines and all that. But the moment that actually made me laugh and appreciate it is that then two of them end up just running into each other and working together for the rest of the episode. Yes, that was a that was mm-hmm. a little extra extra thing. So so I and enjoyed giving the a, min- giving a, ment-
2: a mental pep talk to the third doctor yeah who was, you know still trapped on uh on, on division and the fact that they used like every time new who modern who says contact like it just it makes me laugh because that's like classic doctor who telepathy thing yeah. um so it was it it was it was nice and it was it made me think like i have had being such a science fiction fan i've had thoughts about like what if i was cloned or there were multiple multiples of me and like I personally, I don't think I would like that because I want to be the me and I feel like I would just like bounce off of the idea of having extra me's around. So it was kind of fun. And also that's sort of how it works when we have multi-doctor episodes when they're different versions of the Doctor. Because the doctor is so, you know, fundamentally upset with himself, at least in modern Who. Well, actually in classic Who, too. They were always, always bickering, constantly bickering. So I like the <laughs> idea that when we have three of this, this particular same doctor, they don't do that. They get along. It was a really sort of unexpected way to interact. And I liked it.
0: I agree. It was mm-hmm. fun. Same. Okay. Anything else?
2: I mean, probably, but <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll do.
0: We're going to do a, an episode of the incomparable next weekend about the whole season, and we'll talk about it sort of from a distance. But uh, the the yeah, I'm going to need to process some more. I guess that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah,
1: I, I'm also like Erica said, looking forward to seeing the next three episodes to see what they bring back, what they don't bring back, and I'm hoping it does sort of like you know tie up some of those things or make things more clear to me because i would I don't like have
2: that. i don't have a lot of hope that the new year's special is going to do a ton of that no because in past holiday specials have tended to be a little more stand alone which so. i would be okay with because yeah. i need a break yeah.
0: sure yeah, i need something
2: Same. light and fr- fluffy i'm going yep
0: and then they'll have the the you know a mysterious special followed by a uh, a big grand finale and there'll mm-hmm. be plenty of time for more of this stuff and then
2: uh, yeah still... they haven't given us run times I don't think for those yet so that would be nice if they were a bit longer mm-hmm.
0: yeah i am imma- i imagine that they will be especially the last one yeah um but you know i guess we'll see <laughs> that's all <laughs> time we can do will is, tell. is see time i think will that tell. yeah it always does i um yeah, I'm interested to see. This is something that we talked about in a uh, one of our previous flashcast episodes this season. Was sort of like what what the status quo is that's handed to to Russell T. Davis yeah. from Chris Chibnall, mm-hmm. right? They work together. Uh, he had Russell T. Davis had Chris Chibnall run Torchwood for him. Yep. Like they go back a long way, so they're not strangers. Uh, I imagine they've had a conversation about what you know where where that status quo is left, but I am curious. I am legitimately curious because that's always a choice that is made. Um, it's a combination of Chris Chibnall wanting to have his story resolved the way he wants it, but also to be able to pass the baton to the new showrunner to do you know to get to to park it in a place that is not perilous <laughs> yeah. so that they can take it they can start it up and drive it from there
2: mm-hmm. like we'll when you yeah. leave a car at the airport for somebody you, you know you don't want it to be in the surface lot that's a million miles yeah, away when it's really cold out in winter you you park it in the ramp.
0: they're all you're nice custodians of this franchise and I think they all want to do right by one another. so I'm just I'm yeah. kind of curious with all of the drama uh, and and rewriting of history. Or, or finding mm-hmm. discovering of additional history. Sorry, but either way, uh, that's it's a lot of tinkering with the with some of the premise elements of the show, and I'm just kind of curious where if that just all gets left or uh, or not. I guess we'll find well, out. And
1: that's why parking the fob in the TARDIS sort of resolves it enough for me that it's like that's resolved enough that if he can't tie up everything. That's has been picked up for yeah it's anybody else
0: wants to bring back joe martin or whatever they can just Mm -hmm. do that or maybe the last scene is the opening of a fob watch and we go inside it and then every other episode from that point on (laughs) is just inside the fob watch
2: that would be great great for watching doctor who inside the Mm -hmm. fob yeah
0: and joe martin's our next doctor
2: here here That'd be amazing.
0: All right. Well, that wraps up this season. But with the Doctor Who flashcast will be back. I don't know who I'll have. Who I'll talk into talking to me about it on New Year's Day. But I'll find somebody. There's usually somebody, <laughs> some sucker out there. I mean, very smart, kind, generous person <laughs> who will talk about Doctor Who with me on a podcast. Um, but we've come to the end of this season. This little tiny season. Um, Annette and erica thank you so much for being on multiple episodes and uh and doing the same day conversation that is what makes this a podcast thank, thank you
1: thank you thank you it's fun
0: onward to 2022 on Ooh, we'll be back yeah. then goodbye Bye. Bye.